Welcome, everyone, and join me, your host, Cole, as we enter the Den of Meverden with the brothers, Andrew and Bryce Meverden. How are we doing today, Andy? We are living the dream. Any day that we talk football is a great day uh, that we get to join you in the den. We brought our special guest back on the show because he brought so much energy, so much love for the game, so much passion to the show last episode. He might be a little off today. He's under the weather. He's fighting off COVID, but he's a trooper. His mama raised him right. He's on the show with us today, Michael Todrick. What up? Just like Michael Jordan played in, you know, the game with flu, I'll battle through COVID. And how are you doing, Bryce? Doing good. good. Oops, sorry. Doing good. Just trying to get going on another good episode of The Den. Don't worry, Bryce. Bryce might get fired soon. (laughs) Why would I get fired? You're worse than me. He's he's only got so many shows left with us. Well, guys, I think let's hop right into the recap, and let's start with uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers. Tampa Bay won the game 31-26, and I think Andy's ready to throw out the hottest takes of the year right here. Actually, I kind of want to sit back and have a seat because I want to see what you guys are calling with the Green Bay Packers and see where you're kind of placing blame, what your thoughts are, and then I want to come in to close the door on y'all. Okay, so which one of us wants to jump in first? I'll go first. I'll get it over with. I, I mean, this is a bunch of Packer fans, so I'm, I'm going to be quick. Um, the only things I got, you know, I think Andrew said it last week, and I had to eat his words when he said, don't bet against Brady. Um, it happened again. He was throwing darts. I was texting Andrew. I mean, some of those passes that he was throwing were, were not conducive of a 43-year-old. Um, so he looked good. And, you know, tip my cap to Tom Brady, um, sticking it to Bill. I mean, there's a lot of talk today on all the sports networks about how Bill's potential – greatest coach of all time is in jeopardy now because of what Tom Brady is having the success on his own. Uh, I think Colin Cowherd referred to it as destiny's child and in sync when, you know, Justin Timberlake and Beyonce went their own ways. Um, so tip my cap. And then <laughs> Rogers, the only thing I got is what were you doing? Uh, you had 10 yards to run the ball and you decided to go, try to pass it against, you know, uh, to Devonta Adams. Didn't like that call. He is wide open. And then, of course, Green Bay. I mean, you got to score on three second-half Tom Brady INTs. And you're not going to win. And, what, like, Rodgers is now 7-9 and nine in his last playoff. So, I don't know. Bryce, you want this or you want me to take the floor? Go ahead, Cole. So, for me, I think the biggest takeaway, especially for the Packers side, is just a few real key mental lapses all the way around. I know everyone wants to burn Kevin King at the stake, but he did actually play much better in the second half, and that was when Jair had a few mental lapses too. They were, they were really simple, just eye-discipline things. When, when you're a DB and you do get beat – and. When he got beat on the Mike Evans touchdown, he was two yards behind. You don't, you're don't. you taught not to look for the ball. You're to run until you're in phase and prepared to out of phase. And that's something that he's never been great at. But at the end of the day, like 
we're all pissed about him, but this is who he's been his entire career. We're going to probably move on from him, and we're just going to get the next Kevin King through the door because the Packers want elite athletes, and Kevin King is an upper-tier athlete. And then I look at, from the Bucks side, Leonard Fournette touches the ball too much offensively, and Tom Brady's the best 38-plus quarterback we've ever seen in the NFL. I do think his age shows a little bit on some throws, and but for the end of the day, he really only threw one pick. The other two were tipped. And Buccaneers fans, be ready for those exact same plays to happen in the Super Bowl because Mike Edwins, Chris Godwin, Cameron Brait, those plays are going to happen for them. I mean, Mike Evans was targeted eight times and caught three passes, and probably three of those should have been caught balls. Like, it's going to happen. Expect it to happen. It's just whether or not you guys can do what you did to us and not allow points. But unfortunately, the Chiefs are pretty damn special. All right. I guess Andy wants to go last, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to say is – like you guys kind of said, hats off to Tom Brady. I would love, obviously, as a Packers fan, to see the Packers make and get Rodgers one more ring. Because as a Packers, we've noticed like we've had two great quarterbacks in our own. It's like we can never get him a second ring for some reason. In the game, you know, there was, and this will be brought up, and I know Andy's going to touch on it. He's like, oh, hold this, hold that, or whatever on the Packers. And we know Andy's going to love the Tom Brady train. There was both ways where he played loose all game. Very controversial, but it is a flag, according to the rules, on that last play. You know, you hate it as a Packer fan. That's what I'm saying. There's where it comes. I get where people are upset with that, with the refs and stuff, how it was a really delayed call. You know, you want Rodgers to get the ball one more time. It's understandable. You're in the heat of the moment. But like you said, Brady, he there were some throws where, yeah, he showed his age. The three interceptions in the second half, one was a really bad one. One was like, a, I think Andy mentioned this before. It was like kind of like a pond almost, you'd say, where the free the free blitz with the corner coming off the edge where he just chucked it deep and Alexander picked it off, you know, but what, at the 20 in that area? So they didn't, they didn't granted, yeah, three interceptions, but if you take away like the tips and stuff, like you say with one, Brady still had a really good day. The box defense, like props to them. They... They got one interception off of Rodgers. They sacked him five times. They 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 put pressure on him. Our offensive line for the Green Bay Packers definitely did not play well against that front of the Bucs. They, they're able to get around our tackles compared to the uh, Rams. Rams weren't able to do that somehow. Played great. And then, you know, like you said, hats, hats off to the Bucs. They were the better team on that day. And I guess if you want to blame the refs, I mean, that's on you as a person. That's fine. But like you said, Andy will probably mention too. It was both ways. So I'm going to say I, this. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Someone Mike. else says it is we found out that Matt Lafleur doesn't have a ding dong. He definitely has a vagina. Um, oh, and yes. I wanted to get into that too. Hundred <laughs> percent. And all we have to do is look. At, Andy said some great points last week. He brought up. Um, you know, the sassiness of Aaron Rodgers. And here we go again with another press conference that gets everyone excited and riled up when he says, my future is in jeopardy or my future is uncertain. Shut up. 
shut up. Like, just play football, just like Tom. Shut up. Win games. You're the most talented quarterback probably of all time, but you're not the GOAT. So, I don't know. I agree with that statement. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you guys are wrong with that statement at all, but I can get why Rodgers said that. I mean, yeah, he's saying assassins, but you guys see he's saying that kind of more towards the front office, like, hey, let's keep some of our our pieces. Like, we have a good fucking team. He wants his pieces that he wants. Like, you probably should talk to your superstar, like Aaron Rodgers, like, hey, who do you want to keep and how can we keep this? If you can restructure deals. I know Cole brought it up, like, hey, let's restructure some deals farther online so we can keep some of these players. But Andy also, like in previous episodes, Andy's mentioned and a bunch of other commentators mentioned, when is Rodgers just going to step up and say it was my bad? I lost the game. You're the leader. The front office said that he's our leader without him. The team can't go on. So why don't you say in the press conference, instead of saying it's uncertain, just say it was my bad. I didn't play well enough. The end. Good night. (laughs) It's so Well, unfortunately – I'm not gonna lie. We can probably say this, but Rogers is kind of a little arrogant, yeah, maybe a little bit too much. Where he think he's definitely better than some others, but he doesn't have I the think... record to indicate his arrogance. Like now... Mahomes right now can be arrogant, right? And so can Tom Brady, of course. But I agree. Outside of that, like, how can you be arrogant? What I don't. Know, it must be a California thing. <laughs> he did clarify well, his comments up a little bit, saying that he is gonna, like, he's going to be a Packer. Yeah. Like, he wants to be there. He doesn't see a right reason why he didn't want to leave. Then there was talks about a uh, redoing his deal, not necessarily restructuring it. So that to me is a positive sign, considering that he's already at tops like eight quarterback in the NFL. I think that it's more likely or not that he's going to try and push some more money to the back end, or not, but. That's I know. No, definitely. But no, one last point for me and for Andy is, yeah, Matt Lafleur. I know I told Cole this one that's happening. I'm sorry. I get. I understand like the points to kick a field goal there, but stack up, go for the fucking touchdown with Rogers. Like, you got to. There's, you're not getting the ball back from freaking Brady like that. Come on. If this was, it's Tom. Brady. This was Buffalo. His Your defense was wasn't playing at all, really. So sorry about that, Mike. Cutting there. So before I go on, breaking news, breaking news in the den, breaking news. The Texans made a coaching hire. No way. This is perfect. They hired David Coley. But we will get to that in the later segment. We will get to that later today. Well, what we are talking about right now is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers. And I was waiting for somebody to do it, and finally – Bryce never disappoints. He always makes a critical error. Blame the refs. Throw the refs under the bus. I didn't blame they them. Straight out. I said, as a Packer fan, it's understandable. If you listen for once and actually hear what I say. Okay, okay, okay. Anyways, um, so the, the refs let the players play. They let the players play all game. I would agree with that. I'm not going to talk about the possible safety the Packers should have had because the right tackle was holding in the end zone, which would result in a uh, holding in the end zone as a safety. I'm not going to talk about anything else, but I will say eventually when you play as rough as they were playing, someone will get caught with their hand in the cookie jar. And that's what happened. You, If you don't let the refs decide the game, if you would have played clean instead, that flag wouldn't have happened. So you wouldn't be arguing anything. You had his jersey three yards. Everyone could see it was a clear penalty. 
The only way you're arguing is because they let him play throughout the game. But what, who you should be blaming, what you should be looking at, is what Mike and Cole alluded to. The fact that the Packers had two interceptions, or they had three interceptions. One, they did get points on. The other two, three and out. Minus five yards in total on the two interceptions that they did have after they scored on the one. Blame Aaron Rodgers for not tucking the football for eight yards, possibly not getting quite eight yards, but sliding down close to the goal line to have a better opportunity on fourth and goal where you would want to go for it. Blame those critical errors. Blame the fact that you guys did not show up in the fourth quarter, not the refs. You decided your fate, not the refs. It was you, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, the rest of the Green Bay Packers. That is it. Aaron Rodgers had a phenomenal first half, but he just didn't play as well as he should have in the second half. Tom Brady also played very, very well in the first half. He didn't play the greatest in the second half, but like Cole, uh, Bryce, and Mike all alluded to, the, the interceptions that the two, uh, two interceptions that he threw, I would say weren't that bad because of what conspired during those plays. One was bad. Um, Leonard Fournette, I'm with Cole. I, he runs hard, and I like the way he runs the ball, but he can't catch a football to save his life. I'd rather have Bryce lining up on my pass plays and flip it out to him in the flat. Best hands. But what we, we can look at is Tom Brady, 20 seasons. You can cut his career in half, and he is the greatest player on the field. It's, you can't even argue it. In the first 10 years, he made five Super Bowl appearances, 78% win percentage, 16 playoff wins. In his second 10 years, another five Super Bowl appearances, 15 playoff wins, and a higher winning percentage. And we want to say this guy is aging? I don't get it. So we dug deep down in the archives. We found resources that nobody's ever heard of. We called Tom House, who happened to catch Hank Aaron's home run ball when he surpassed the home run record who also, more importantly, is Tom's quarterback coach, who gets into the analytics. He sees how fast Tom Brady throws. He measures his quantity, and he's telling us his numbers haven't dipped, ladies and gentlemen. So he's not losing velocity on the ball. There is no signs of aging in this man. He is. He found the fountain of youth. I don't know what it is, if it's his kale sheets, but he found it. Smoking I wouldn't be surprised if life. the guy plays for another five years. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Tommy plays for another five to six years. And everybody wants to doubt him. Everybody wants to write him off every year. You guys said, he, not you guys, but the media was trying to say that Tom Brady didn't play well this season. He went 11 and five. He had 40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Every year we want to say, through the first eight weeks, we're trying to write Tom Brady off and say that he is done. He is going home. This is his last season. He is chump, meat, chop, liver. Yes, Tom will tell us when he's done. He's going to continue to play, and he is not going to level off. I guarantee that. I guarantee that. And this is a crazy number. 47% of the time, Tom Brady's went to the Super Bowl. 
in his in his career. Twenty years, been there. Twenty one years, twenty twenty one years, he's been there ten times. Forty seven, forty eight percent. Steph Curry, just to give you a little perspective, Steph Curry's three point percentage is forty three percent. Tom Brady's more likely to go to the Super Bowl than Steph Curry is to hit a three pointer. The the discussion's over. And okay, and I just want to say again, Bill Belichick, you suck. You're horrible. You had a losing record without Brady. You are nothing without Brady. And you are nothing now that he has left you. And who are you going to get in the draft? Everybody's projecting you're going to get Mac Jones. That's no Tom Brady. Bye, Bill. What is, why do you hate him? Is it just that you <laughs> love Brady so much that you like, you had to pick just, a side? I had to pick a side because for the last 20 years, everybody's been saying it's the system and not Tom Brady. I think it's a little bit of both, but I would give, and now you're seeing that the divorce has occurred. You have seen that Bill Belichick has had zero success without Tom Brady. Didn't have success with the Cleveland Browns outside one season, but overall he had a losing record in Cleveland, and that's why he was fired. Mike would know that. Mm-hmm. And then he went over to the New England Patriots where he had Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe's a good quarterback. Dude can spin it. Guess what? Bill had a losing record. Bill had a losing record with Drew Bledsoe, a guy that went to the AFC Championship. Super Bowl two. Super Bowl two. So – Tom Brady is the system. Bill is nothing without Brady, and he's going to get somebody like Mac Jones in the draft if he doesn't pull off something spectacular. And I'll tell you right now, Mac Jones, if you draft him in the first round, you're a, you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. But now, as Mike told you all, I predicted the Buccaneers to win this game. I was the only one on the podcast that did that. I was the only one to go three and one this week. Right. And I also predicted a Kansas City Chiefs route. I said they were going to smash the Bills. And that's exactly what happened. Okay. So I guess this is where. So Drew Bledsoe played for Bill Belichick for one season. He threw right. for 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and completed just over 58% completion percentage. Like, I'm not going to say that yeah. he's bad because I think it's important that we look at the time frame of when he was playing and everything, and those were definitely respectable stats, but I don't think he was good. And I think something else that we need to like be aware of, especially in the NFL – if you go look at good quarterbacks, teams that have success, there isn't – like Houston had one of the three things they required to make it to a Super Bowl. Just a good quarterback. Not a good coach. Not a good team. It requires a lot more than just having one of the pieces. And Bill Belichick, unfortunately, only had one of the pieces himself. Now, are they going to be able to get anything that resembles something to get rolling in Bill's last three years? I don't think they have the cap room to do that, to get an offense put together that's going to be sustainable. I don't think he's going to trade for Sam Darnold, and I don't think he's going to trade for Matthew Stafford or Deshaun Watson. So I don't think Bill Belichick is in line for success. And I think if you talk to a lot of Bucks people throughout the media, 
Like everybody else was big on Tampa Bay getting to the Super Bowl this year, but Bucks Media specifically, nah, they were all in for next season. That was the year they were thought were being good. So I think we are going to have a really fun time with the Bucks next season, if not just as much this year, but probably more fun to be honest. So, so I want to jump into the conversation there where uh, Cole made it sound alluded to Drew Bledsoe was at the end no, of his career. Mid, mid, with Bill Belichick. Mid. That was his eighth end of a season out of oh. sixteen. Okay, because in two thousand two, a couple years after Bill Belichick. Did you know he made a pro bowl? Yeah, career high completion percentage, sixty-one percent. Threw for had a nice season. Great. Not a bad. Here's another crazy stat. He, he still had winning records too after he left the nest with Did he Bill have Belichick. Two thousand three or two thousand four though. Two thousand three, two thousand four. Yes, he went nine and seven. Two thousand five, he went okay, nine and he seven. He didn't over three thousand yards either of those seasons. Like. 2002, he went eight. He didn't eight. really play that well, so I don't think it. I don't think like it's any detriment on Brady. Well, well you're also Brady talking. A, you're yeah. also talking about a different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, but like, there's he threw for three. Like they were still yeah, early on though. Four thousand yards passing, three thousand yards passing, and then all of a sudden we get a little dip. I mean, he was in his career. Like he was honest. He was down. pretty consistent. Here's a crazy stat because this is what a lot of people are talking about in comparisons if. If Chiefs stay on the trajectory that they're at with Andy Reid and Pat for the next 10 years, they win maybe two, three more Super Bowls. Andy Reid will be the GOAT because here's why. And I, I hate – I, I love it. This is, I hate that this is right because I, I do not like giving Andy credit. However, <laughs> outside of Tom Brady era in Patriots and with Bill, Bill has five losing records. Put that on wax. So Brady is the whole debate was Brady needed Belichick. Well, turns out that Belichick needed Brady. Yeah, and we gotta remember, people. These last couple of years, you can say, okay, in 08, 09, whatever year it was, he had Randy Moss. He had weapons. You gotta re- the last couple of years where Brady Brady was putting the team on his back and carrying this team to Super Bowls with a bunch of nobodies. Mike Todrick was out there at slot wide receiver. It's easy now. I could get out there and grind. <laughs> but I will say Cole was behind the dish taking the handoff. I will say, like, you know, we're gonna point fingers of, you know, is it the quarterback? Is it the coach? I think it was just a perfect scenario because you could go I, I talked about this with, with you, Andrew. The offensive line in the early two thousands had Tom Brady sitting back there for over four seconds. He had the longest time to throw the ball in the NFL. So can you I mean, I, I just there's multiple factors in that, but I, I like to look at certain things like without Tom, Belichick doesn't have a winning record in the NFL. So who is to say that it was Belichick and Belichick made Brady? Absolutely not, because your boy, Beyonce, her girl Beyonce left, and uh, he's going to the Super Bowl. Yep, one's in the Super Bowl, one finished, was it 5-11 this year? Six and ten, I think. Right around that age, six and ten, seven and nine, or something like that. Seven and nine, 2020. So, but more importantly, the Kansas City Chiefs are the other team that advanced to the Super Bowl. So, we got another 
Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes matchup. We've been getting to see this in the AFC Championship throughout the regular season. But now we get to see it culminate on the greatest stage in Tampa Bay. But first, let's digest. Let's digest what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. It was just a mismatch, as I projected, as I predicted, that the Chiefs were just too much team for Buffalo Bills. It was a little different play style than I projected, and Cole was kind of on the same boat as this with the Kansas City Chiefs. They did not jam it and run it down the throats of the Buffalo Bills like we thought they would. The Bills played that two-deep safety look where they had the safeties 15 yards back, and the Chiefs just took what they gave them, dishing out short passes to Tyreek Hill, who just had a phenomenal day. Uh, just got to tip your cap to the overall performance of the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, 13 receptions, 118 yards. That's got to be some kind of record. Uh, and then the trust that they have in their players, even though – Hardman fumbles, they go ahead and give him the look and they get him the ball back so he can make a big rush and then also score the touchdown too. So uh, just a surreal moment for them. And if you hear what that was said on the sidelines with Travis Kelsey and facing adversity, that's just what this team is about. Even if you punch them in the face, they're going to respond. They could be down 28 to nothing at half like they were last year against the Texans and There is just nothing that this team can't overcome. It is just incredible. Patrick Mahomes is maybe on pace if he continues it up, barring any injury. He's going to give Tommy a run for his money. I think what you talked about was very important, where the Bills played a lot of shell, cover two, a lot of quarters, and that's something that Tampa Bay is probably going to do. Because you don't want to give them the vertical explosive plays. But the issue with doing that to the Chiefs is that they have so much speed, so many good weapons that they'll just dink and dunk you. And eventually one of those guys will catch a screen pass and he's gone for 35 yards. One of them is going to catch it across and all of a sudden it's a 71-yard touchdown. (laughs) And it doesn't really matter. Like, Fred Warner is the only linebacker in football with the coverage skills to match up with Kelsey. Yes, Levante David and Devin White are fast, but that doesn't always translate to coverage skills. I don't know how they're going to guard Kelsey. I don't know how they're going to guard Hill, but for the most part, no one in the entire NFL has figured this out either. The Chiefs have a dynamic, explosive offense, And they run multiple sets off defensively where you don't really know what you're getting, so it makes it tough to read it. I think we're in for a really fun, intriguing Super Bowl on both sides of the ball. And we should get some good amount of points from the Chiefs again. Cole, you know how you stop them? Bounty gate. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Oh, God. (laughs) Take Patrick Mahomes out at the knee. Take him out. You know what? A concussion couldn't even stop him. They acted like he had pinched nerves in his neck. That wasn't a concussion. What are you talking about? But am I wrong, but, though? Like, you got to go out and body gate because, like, well, well, I, Cole said something. We're not going to condone this. We're not oh, going to condone that on the show. Listen. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you, okay. you want to win, 
you're gonna have to get dirty, and, and you'll see it. Like get dirty in the trenches, late shot. I'm not talking about like late hits, but you need to hit him any chance you get. And I'm talking about questionable calls. Watch, the defense is gonna ramp up. <laughs> I oh, never, God, like, never saw like this coming. Extra step. I know you did. Oh God, Mike! Oh God. Okay. Well, no, uh, I'll pray for Patrick Mahomes tonight. <laughs> apparently, text him and say just be. I ready. mean, because no, no, no. Here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying like dirty shots. I'm not saying like the ball's out and you well, took two steps. I'm talking about you. Any borderline questioning, hit him right. Like hit him, hit them, hit them hard, and hopefully that slows them down. Um, not this. Well. I- I think I think you're. I mean, I'm not going to say you're on to something, Mike, because I don't agree with it. However, I will say that Bruce Arians is a very loose coach. I think he's undisciplined, and you throw you've seen throughout the season that the team lacks discipline, discipline, and they will get penalties, kind of like you noted. So with Bruce Arians and Nadamik and Sue, I do think that's a lethal combination that could. Uh, Possibly make some dirty hits. Again, I'm not going to condone it. I think we should play football in the realm of the rules and let the better team win on that given Sunday. But I could definitely see Nadamik and Sue taking a cheap shot at or below the knee on Patrick Mahomes. There's a difference between, like, super blatant. I'm not talking about, like, you, you know what I mean. I'm not talking about the guy who throws the ball and you took two steps and absolutely drilled him to the ground. No, I'm talking about where you would typically lay up you got to hit. And same with uh, Tyreek Hill. You know, it was discussed in a show today. Who would you rather compete against, a powerful wide receiver or a lightning fast wide receiver? And I'm with the commentator. I would rather go up against a powerhouse because you beat me physically, great. But you're going to, like, Tyreek, gone in two seconds on the screenplay if you allow him to give him the, the, the room. So you have to slow them down. And how you slow them down is almost like remember the Titans. We're going to blitz all night. We're going to hit you hard. And hopefully that just slows that lethal, lethal, lethal offense down somewhat. Yeah, but you can't blitz the Kansas City Chiefs too much because they got too many weapons, too much speed, where they're, like Cole said, if you do bring blitz out of the slot or whatever have you, they're going to dink and dunk right out of the slot where you came from. And Tyreek Hill's gone for 80 yards. Nicole Hardman's gone for 80 yards. Travis Kelsey's going to put his head down and obliterate you for 25 yards. Like, there's just, I don't know, I don't see an answer for the Kansas City Chiefs, but I would like to touch on the Buffalo Bills as well, since they did play did in this they? playoff game, even though it didn't seem like it. No, I, I, what, what are your guys' thoughts on the Bills? Like, what, what happened? What went wrong? I want to tip my cap to them really fast, just as, you know, um, tip my cap to the Buffalo. Their future is going to be bright with McDermott and Allen. Um, they ran into a Chiefs D who played sensational, and the Bills converted field goals rather than seven points. And ultimately, like, yes, that would have kept the game close. Chiefs ultimately would probably still won. But then you got what you allow, you can't allow Chiefs to go on a 30, what was it, the 32 to six run? Like, they just yeah. got, they just got outplayed. You said, I mean, you said it perfectly. They got outplayed, they got outmatched. They weren't pretenders, right? I don't want to call them like, you know, they were pretenders the whole season. But you saw some flaws, and definitely it was alluded that 
we, we may have seen some Allen chasing some ghost a little bit. I mean, he had some unedginess in the pocket and forced him to constantly roll to the right. That's that's almost like Baker Mayfield ass. Like you're 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 trying to do too much. You're not letting it, you know, because you have to play catch up. Um, so, but they'll be back. Um, but yeah, you just you just went up against a juggernaut. Sometimes, just like with the Warriors, you know, you can't really say anything other than you went up against the most powerful offense. Probably, I don't want to say this, but probably ever, right? Total offense, like they're just phenomenal. Yeah, I do want to say though too that the Bills, I, I don't feel like they played many great teams throughout the season, so I would err on a little bit of their pretenders. But they're going to get back to the same spotter mm-hmm. if not, because that division that they play in is just awful. So Unless, they should win a lot of games um, outside, uh, outside the Miami outside, Dolphins. Yeah, I think they're a year Sean, away yet. Yeah, outside the Sean going to Miami. I think the Dolphins are still a year out, uh, and. But I, I think like you brought up, I think you saw a lot of the flaws that the Buffalo Bills have been hiding because they haven't played yeah. great teams throughout yeah. the year. And Josh Allen definitely had a lot of flaws in this game. I don't know if it was nerves because this is the, one of the biggest stages that you're ever going to get to. But uh, he did not play his best game. Bryce, you want to jump in here and uh, give us some thoughts about the game? Oh. Andy was like you. Everyone keeps touching. He was right. He proved us wrong. I cheer for the Bills, and Josh Allen did not look his best. And actually, the Chiefs like they they brought up you know like how their defense is thirty second in this or that, saying like their defense is not that good. That defense was stuck to the receivers like glue. They gotted Allen. They made him uncomfortable a lot, and that's just. That's just hats off to Andy Reid and the rest of that coaching staff too. They're they're like you like Mike said, they're they're a juggernaut. And I think this matchup for the Super Bowl is it's it's gonna be a good one to watch, hopefully. Unless, you know, this defense stays the way they've been playing and Mahomes just picks apart Buccaneers and then you can see Brady chip play catch up and that's we're going to thinking about the Super Bowl real quick. Brady can't play, be playing catch up when it comes to this game. He's got to be the one controlling it. So it's exciting to see, and there's not much more to touch on it. You guys had just Chiefs or just Andy. I got a quick for question Bills. for you. Who? How many elite teams would you say there were in the NFL? Because you said the Bills didn't play anyone, right? So, like, I want to know, like, elite level. Who? Uh, I mean, they did play. They did play some teams, but I don't think. I mean, if we look at the Bills' schedule. Yeah, we got even, Dolphins, I mean, Rams, Tennessee, Chiefs, Seahawks yeah. are a playoff team. Chiefs, Steelers are a playoff team. Like, they played, and and then they went and Steelers, beat the Ravens, beat Steelers. the Bills. Like, Play some teams, bro. Yeah, like <laughs> – yeah, so 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 let 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 me let me unpack everything that we just talked about there. <laughs> um, so, uh, so first off, we'll start off with the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins they played the last week of the season when they didn't have what I would call the Dolphins' starting quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick, or if you want to call Ryan Fitzpatrick their closer, they didn't have their closer. Um, the Patriots weren't good all year. The Broncos weren't good all year. The 49ers, they were missing Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously. Um, you got the Steelers, who 
I would say were pretenders as well. They weren't as good as what their record showed, and you obviously saw that. Big Ben's got some issues. He's ready to, uh, let's say, go to the pasture. Um, Chargers, again, I don't think the – I think the Chargers are a good team. They have a lot of great pieces, but the coaching wasn't there. Uh, they lost to the Cardinals. The Cardinals aren't the greatest team. I would say mid, mid-tier team. Seahawks, again. It's probably because of the quarterback. Kyler Murray's oh, – whatever. Uh, the Seahawks, obviously <laughs> we saw the Seahawks weren't as good as what we thought they were. Uh, I mean, we can go on and on down this list. The Titans smacked the crap out of them. They almost lost to the Jets. They uh, Patriots played them tough, too. Raiders played them tough. Rams played them tough. Dolphins played them tough when they had their elite quarterback. Ryan I think the big it. takeaway, Andy, is but, that so, they did play some good teams. So saying they didn't play anyone isn't really fair to them because everybody's correct. schedule has the six or eight cakewalks in it. Like, if you're a good team, there's six to eight teams you should beat no matter what every single time. And for the most part, they handle some business. Which 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 team would you say the Bills played that is absolute? Well, I elite believe that would tier? be the Chiefs. I don't think there's a single one. Other than okay, well, so what is the Chiefs. other elite team in the NFL? Is it the Chiefs and that is the only elite team in the NFL? Are the Packers and Tampa Bay in there? I think because there's Packers, Tampa okay, Bay are so definitely they played yep. one out of the three elite teams in the NFL. And they got clobbered they by, them. by they didn't show up. And then they lost I think by a lot he's talking about what? the championship. Yeah. 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 He's so like, there just isn't like oh. to play elite teams and be compared to them. There is just such a small margin because there isn't a lot of elite teams in the NFL. So I think my just what I wanted to get out here and shows that Buffalo really was the second best team in the AFC and that they are in a tier below the Chiefs. That's not elite on the AFC side. Right. You get them a, a running back, though, watch out. Like, if they establish a run game, I'm, I'm telling you, they could – not to say they will beat the Chiefs, that the Chiefs keep their personnel assembled the way it is. But you give them a run game, they're going to be right back here for the next three to five years. But they need that run game, though. All right, boys. What in the world do we want to call this next thing? Are we just calling it the crap hire that the Houston Texans made and everybody else was a little bit better? Because I was looking at this guy. Yeah, so so since we were talking about the Chiefs already, I just want to – let's give – to Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy, one of the – great coach, great coach. He still gets passed over. Because apparently he doesn't call all the plays. Frank Wright didn't call the plays. He got a job. Uh, all Andy Reid's offensive coordinators have got jobs and weren't strictly the only play caller. So I don't know what the hell's going on with Eric Bannemi, but he's better than I would say most of these coaches that got hired. Thanks. <laughs> you said it perfect. But. You said it perfect. But also, Eric, I don't know if you'd want to go to some of these teams outside the the Chargers, maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Urban's going to build something great. Uh, let's start there. Let's start with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, Ohio State product, Florida State, 
I think he also coached yep. at Utah. Utah. Florida. Florida. Not Florida Sorry, State. Florida Gators. He coached Tebow. I know that. Misspoke, Bryce. I am sorry. But anyways, I think he's a culture. I think he's a culture builder. He's gone and built a culture everywhere he goes. That might be a cheating culture, allegedly. But he builds cultures. He builds great football teams. He builds great organizations. I think with the cap space that they have, the pick that he has getting Trevor Lawrence, and undoubtedly it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, Mike. He will not pick Justin Fields. We'll see, dude. Do you like Justin Fields too? I don't know I about think, that anymore. Uh, I, I think I, when when he went that yes, it makes it interesting conversation. That's all. Let's put it that way. When the I won't know. I think ninety percent of me says yeah, like he's gonna go with uh, sure Trevor Lawrence. But then there's that ten percent where he's gonna go what he's used to, and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, um. Justin Fields may be his guy. What is Justin Fields better than Trevor Lawrence at? Leadership. Probably nothing. Ask anybody. Leadership. Trevor Lawrence isn't a leader? Trevor Lawrence. If you talk about anybody like the scouts right now, look up at the reviews. Yes, he's got some the fundamental issues. You could, you know, tick and tack and say Trevor's better at this, Trevor's better at that. But leadership-wise, Justin Fields, without a doubt, is heads over heels than than Trevor Lawrence. Oh, heads over heels is a little bit heads of an overstatement. Over I'm not questioning. Heels. I'm not questioning Justin Fields' leadership, but we're talking about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, not only a transcending talent, he is probably one of the greatest leaders in collegiate football history. Uh, I mean, he was out on Twitter before everybody else so talking about fields. COVID so fields even more. that they want to play. So you're talking about something that's. Like public, I'm talking about in the locker room with your players. Like, uh, well, if you show that field. off the field, Jeez. if you show that off the field, it's going to obviously translate to on the field. No. And I think just playing under Dabo Sweeney, Dabo is going to Dabo. require require that leadership from his quarterback. And not fuck Dabble. Dabble's great. You're just you're just bitter because he ranked Ohio State 11th in his poll. Yeah, and he got popped in the mouth for it, right? Put the pads on, right? Talk <laughs> shit, get hit. That's, I mean, period. Like, uh, anyway, got sidetracked. We're talking about <laughs> Urban Meyer as a head coach. At the end of the day, I think Urban Meyer is Jesus a good Christ. hire for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they are going to build a solid team for the next – Couple years, depending on Urban, if he can stay healthy or not. I agree. Um, he's he's going to bring leadership and culture. The two things he's going to bring to Jacksonville. Um, and if he can, you know, get that locker room under control, get them humming like they did, in, like he had with Ohio State, they're going to be they're going to be good in the next few years. Wouldn't say great, but good. So Urban Meyer, I do I agree. I think it is a good hire for Jacksonville. You have all this cap. You're gonna have a roster that's I would I don't know what the average age is, but they're definitely young. And now you got the number one pick. I agree with Tyder. Like I'm not gonna push it past Urban Meyer or anyone else that they take Justin Fields because Urban Meyer could be like, That's my guy. Ohio State guy. Yeah, get on the phone with Dave. But I mean yeah. 
They're probably like, oh, here you go, number one. I mean, I just – I really would not personally take Justin over over Trevor at all. And that's just – I mean, I would stick to my guns for, for being Trevor. That's my personal thing. But whoever they draft there, you're, you're going to have the money to spend if you want to build right away. Or like Andy said, screw it. Let them sit in your tank one more. Get another good player, you know. It's it's good because so Urban Meyer, yeah, he's been out of coaching for two years for college, and this is his first NFL yes. experience. Yeah. I believe that's what it was, the very first one. But he's going to bring, like you were saying, he's going to have that good connection with these college players. And I think that helps a little bit even with the guys who are in the NFL yeah. that are young. 100%. Just like or under years. 20. They might be on this and that. Like, look at uh, DJ Chark. I would assume they're not going to resign him, event, you know, when that time comes here. But you know, you never know. Urban Meyer might—they might like the culture. He's going to definitely build. And I think one thing he might succeed pretty well at is seeing talent in the draft later in the rounds, where he, you know, he might have a little more knowledge when it comes to some of these college players. So I'm interested in Urban Meyer. I think, you know, hats off, and hopefully, you know what, Jacksonville could definitely become one of the better teams in that division right away if they spend the money and they have someone like Lawrence or I guess if you want to even I say Justin Fields and they play well. Out of any hire in this entire process, Urban's the one that I am the most concerned about and have the most questions about because he's going in. Yeah, college wow. coaches, like, I don't think there's a great track yeah, the record. The record sucks. You're right. But, but, yeah. No, I'm... But the most yeah. concerned. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. This. Because more than, more than I'm going to bite yes. your fucking kneecaps off. We'll get to that. <laughs> because Urban's got – he's going to basically be the general manager. So he's going to have more responsibilities that he has in college. And the one thing that college coaches love and they, they kind of – they use to their advantage is the disciplined schedule that they can create for their players. It's go to practice, go to class – Go to practice. Like, but once you get to the NFL, you're dealing with grown men who are going to have their own ways to do things. And even though Urban's had a lot of success and stuff, you do need to have vets in your locker room to win. And I'd just be curious to know how he like connects with them and how he actually does with that. So like if I if I'm rating, he's the third best hire. So like I don't think it's a bad hire. I just have the most questions of it. Yeah, I, I like Urban a lot. I would probably give it in the B-plus range. I think he is going to build an elite culture for the Jacksonville Jaguars that they have not had, I don't know, ever. Um, and uh, with everything that they got going with their cap space, with the number one pick, and you are a damn fool if you think anybody on the board is other than Trevor Lawrence's name is going to be called one. I will throw... My life savings, I will throw my house, I will throw all my vehicles on the fact that Trevor Lawrence comes off the board number one. I think it is a surefire, undoubtable thing. It's not a question. Trevor Lawrence is the best prospect to ever come out of college. Okay. Did you guys see the Mel Kuyper's uh, draft? I heard uh, Coward ripped down him for it. But, like... Yeah, Coward... 
Yeah, the uh, Justin Fields went seven on there. He went had two. um Zach Wilson going forward to Atlanta instead. Okay. Um Smith. Yeah, I mean, the Devontae Smith Eisenman winner. And four was the tackle from uh Penny Swindle, yeah. Swindle, Swindle, right? Yeah. Uh, whatever from Penn State. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that was four for the Bengals. That's like his projection. Then yeah, Fields ended up with the seventh, I think, the the Lions. As the old as the old GM for the Indianapolis Colts once said. Who the hell is Mel Kiper? Mel's very in touch with the league. So, obviously, right now, <laughs> I'm guessing that he did a projection based on what he's hearing because that's what they do. So, based off what Devontae Smith did in college, like, everybody's really high on him because nobody is done with final grades right now. Like, most scouts have maybe 10, 15 final grades done. So, let everybody come back to earth and watch everybody, and you'll see the boards kind of, like, go where they're supposed to in players. Like, Devonta Smith, he'll get Starkey and leaking it back somewhere between 6 and 15, somewhere there. So, I don't know who drafts that. I, wait, Devontae Devont, Devont, Smith, real quick. Did you hear what, what our man Brett Favre said about him? Brett Favre should just retire, go in the wind, go in an underground bunker and never talk football again. You are one of the greatest to do it. Just leave it at that. Don't talk football. He said Jacksonville Jaguars should draft Devontae Smith number one. Number yeah. one. Yeah, he, 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 he got some <laughs> Who's the next coach on the block? Let's do Robert Sala. Robert Sala, uh, coming from San Francisco, young, energetic, defensive coordinator. Uh, everyone's saying that he's a very smart, intelligent individual. He uh, is intense. The players love him. He's a player's coach. But I'm going to turn the page and say I don't love Robert Sala for the New York Jets because I think that – I would like to have an offensive-minded coach coming to the New York Jets because I think you have uh, your cap space. You don't have a lot of pieces around you right now. I think you keep Sam Darnold as your quarterback and either draft uh, Penny Penny Sewell uh, and get that line beefed up, make some off-season acquisitions, try to get some players to help this out. I think Robert Saul is a great coach. Don't get me wrong, but I would like to I would like to see an offensive guy since uh, Sam Darnold's been stuck with this crap show, worst head coach in the NFL football history with Adam Gase and zero weapons surrounding him. I do like Denzel Mims though. Um, so with that being said, I would I still like Robert Saul. I would probably give this hire a B minus, but. I would like to see an offensive guy instead. I think that's what every – like, it's weird to me how much, like, we look at defensive coaches and having success. Well, that was Sean McDermott. So, like, it can be done, but it, it is a weird thing to do because, like, Brandon Dable's going to be gone next season. Like, somehow he didn't get hired this year. So – and, like, the GM for the Chargers went to school with Brian Dable. Like, boys club, What I don't understand it. But at the end of the day, help your offense out. Sal is going to be good for them. And they do have pieces. And Deshaun Watson, well, Jets are number one on his list, baby. So, 
Somebody take the floor. This dead science is killing me. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I don't mind the hire with them. I understand what Andy's getting at. Like, I'm assuming he would love like someone like Eric Benby being there and something like that with an offense OC or offensive style of play call and everything. But going with defense, I mean, you just had an offense. I I get the idea. Maybe that's what they're doing. They already had an offense guy. Maybe the defense guy will change things around, bring that different kind of intensity in there, fix up the defense a little bit, and probably try to be like, hey, we and believe in Sam Darnold one more year. And I think now just Brian brought up the Mel Kuyper thing. And if that's kind of like just, you know, it's an early buzz rudder, but Smith somehow is there on their radar as like instead of like someone like Justin Fields. I mean that that shows that he's like, all right, we're gonna stick with I mean it doesn't hurt him to stick with Donald for another year or obviously trade for Watson. But getting Smith if that's the case is a great idea. You're gonna add another good weapon for your quarterback. So I I don't have much to say about it because I'm just I'm just not really against it. I I understand the idea of having a different Offensive mind in there because I mean, let's all look at it. We all thought Ryan Tannehill was not a good quarterback, and then Andrew Andrew Mavridis right out of the get go said Ryan Tannehill is not a bad quarterback. I've always been on the Ryan. No, I'm saying like what? Okay, but what people are saying is, wow, Tannehill is not that good. And then when we all watch him go to Tennessee, all of a sudden we're like, everyone's like, oh shit, this guy can actually throw the football and stuff. And then somehow Adam Gase ends up getting hired again as a head coach. But yeah, don't yeah, don't lump me I in just, with these sportscasters that don't know their dick from their own hand. I know this is a side topic, and I know we're kind of like we're on the head coaching. But anyone else we're seeing the buzz that supposedly Seahawks hey, might hire Adam Gase this. as an offensive coordinator? Adam Gase with Peyton Manning was fire. Adam Gase with Russell Wilson, if Russell Wilson just gets to do everything like Peyton Manning did, could be fire. Oh my God! We're we're. T- I mean, like, don't listen, Adam. I mean, don't listen, to Adam Gase. And yeah, just we're giving we're giving boys. Adam Gase credit That's for why Peyton Manning running the offense. That's why he got hired. Oh, Omaha! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, Adam, like, all right, uh, Russell, we're gonna run this, but yeah, we're not fucking running. Adam Gase must good. be the best interview. I need to sit down in a room with this guy. Dude, guys, you remember the picture they did the meme where his eyes are just like looks like there's fucking out of his eyes because they're so huge. He must just stare into their goddamn soul, and the person's just like, you know what? I really don't He's want to keep staring at me like this. We're just gonna hire him so he stops. <laughs> he he must be because you look at him. He looks like he's gonna crack sometimes, and just, I just don't. And he's he's just been horrible. You know, shame to say it. Like you know, you want you hopefully you know if you're him wanting to succeed, but. Holy shit. Mike, you got anything on Robert Sala? Sala? (laughs) All right, I'm going to take that as a no. He does not. (laughs) If you're talking, Mike. But I'm going to go over to the the place that I would love to see Eric Bieniemy land. Bryce brought up Eric Bieniemy. I think he should have landed with the Los Angeles Chargers. Ooh, I, I would have loved him with the one. Los Angeles Chargers and coaching up young Justin Herbert. But instead, they went with another defensive guy, Brandon Staley. However, although Brandon Staley is a defensive coordinator, he did play quarterback at Dayton. So, 
I hope he has some knowledge with the offense and maybe under the wizard Sean McVay, he uh, digested some of that wealth of knowledge that Sean McVay has, and hopefully it'll translate to the offense making strides under Brandon Staley. But this was the best landing spot for any coach. I think that they have all the pieces. They have a great team. They have superstars all over the field. Um, they're going to they're gonna draft probably that tight end. But I think Hunter Henry's good, too. Um, so you're looking at – and Brandon Staley, I, I think everybody's just trying to go get somebody from the Sean McVay tree and some young youth that is coaching. It's like ever since Sean McVay got hired, everybody's trying to gra- grab up these young – innovative coaches and I think that's what you're seeing with the Brandon Staley hire I don't love this one I would probably give this one a lower grade at like a C plus but I don't know if you could go wrong with the Chargers because they have so many pieces even though Adam Lynn didn't do what he should have but we'll see what Brandon Bryce go I'll hit on this one after you okay I once again, it's the same thing. Kind of like I feel with the Robert being hired with the Jets. I don't, I don't mind this hire for the Chargers. Yes, they just had it because I thought as an Adam, Adam Lynn's an offensive guy, so he went to a defensive. Who, where, when was he? I thought he was offensive. Lynn's, Lynn's, Adam Lynn. No, the coach, Adam Lynn. He was offense, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. 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 That's what I was going to say. I'm like, what do you mean defense? No. So I think it's like the same kind of style. Like, hey, we were on offense. We've been struggling. Let's bring a new guy in. And I, I I, think it's nice because, one, the guy, I mean, he's just got to walk across the building, move his stuff now for one office to the other, I would assume. Two, look what he did with the Rams defense. And, you, Andy, you hit home on these. Like, look how many stars, like, the Chargers have. Like, you were saying, like, during the season, like, Adam Lynch should be fired because there's no reason why he shouldn't succeed with what this he has. Now, he should get Darwin James back. Joey Bosa would be healthier. Up, he's there, I, bet you um, I don't know what Ingram's, Ingram's contract is. I think it's up. I, okay, yeah, right. But, you know, there's still those – he's oh, got right. defensive pieces. And what he did with the Rams, I mean, maybe that's what they're banking on. Hey, put another good defense. We have a great quarterback. You know, have that defense first. Our defense is going to get us stops. And you have a guy like Justin Herbert, if, he, if you know, he shows – the same thing over the years, you know, continuing from the rookie year, that he can win. And I don't know. I it also depends. I don't did he leave their OC or did they're gonna hire a new one? I, I didn't I didn't look at the OC candidates, but because I know Jason Garrett was a tox and be the head coach. I just didn't know what they, finally what they were doing with all that. But I don't mind it. I think it helps this defense that we could say did all right, I think they've struggled a lot, and I think he's going to bring nice little stability back to them. And I think the Chargers' defense event, I don't know if it's just it's going to be like that, but maybe in a year or two, could be one of the better defenses because, I mean, yeah, he had Aaron Donald, but now he's going to have Joey Bosa. I just – it's interesting. I'm a, I like the defensive side, and you got to get the right OC for Justin because Justin's a really smart guy. So, yeah, I mean – I like Andy. I mean, I won't grade this as one of my higher ones either. But Eric Benemy, yeah, I think this would have been a great spot for him. The uh, Chargers went and hired Joe Lombardi as their offensive coordinator. 
This is the best. Oh, okay. So they got um, okay. Well. in the NFL this year. Brandon Staley is a wow. top ten NFL football mind right now. What he what he does defensively wow. is what most coaches don't do, and that's change with the times. He's always trying to think of oh, how did the offenses beat me? That's how I'm going to do. If you go back and you look, he adjusted his coverage schemes throughout the years to his personnel, which is something that he's going to have to redo because the Chargers, I believe, ran a lot more 4-3. Now they're going to have to transition to a 3-4, which is why Melvin Ingram walking makes a lot of sense. And all these nuts that keep saying Brandon Staley is from the Sean Victory are just flat out wrong. He's a Vic Fangio guy. He is a defensive-minded guy. Vic Fangio is the reason this guy is in the NFL. This guy was working at John Carroll University, a top four D3 program in the country. And Vic Fangio goes and finds this guy who, guess what he's doing at John Carroll? He's he's a defensive coordinator. He doesn't even get the head coach from John Carroll because that dude's 105. This is a Vic Fangio guy who does great things with outside linebackers, which is why Leonard Floyd was so successful, which is why Duran James is going to be in his star position. And Turin James is going to have the best time of his career covering the slot, playing linebacker, blitzing off the edge. I think this is phenomenal. I think he's just going to stay ahead of the times. And Joe Lombardi seems like a guy who's not really ever progressing in the world, but he's good at what he does. So that could be a perfect fit for our boy, Brandon Staley. Anybody that's under Sean McVay for even a year he is, is Sean Vic McVay. Fangio. He was there for one season. <laughs> he was under Vic Fangio for three. It pisses me off. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, was he under uh, for uh, three? He was only in the Broncos yeah. for 2019. Wasn't John yeah, Fox the, the coach of the Bears? Was Fangio. 2017? For 17-18. No, no, so no. He's is he John Fox tree then? Because John Fox was the head coach. Everyone else can go fuck off. <laughs> You're just trying to give old Vic some credit. We because all can have your own opinion. He's on the hot seat. I can't defend that shit. Right. No, but uh, I like what you guys said. And, Cole, you make a very good point. Like I said, that defense, I think that's it's gonna be it's going to be a good team. And he's young, which is like what we're seeing. Like, you know, Sean McVay is obviously the youngest still, I believe. Yep. At 34. But then now what state that you said was 38, correct? So you get a young guy. And if he succeeds, you're gonna have him for quite a bit of time. So I think I think it is a good hire, but I mean it wasn't my favorite one. Cause I just didn't I won't lie, I didn't know a ton about him. I knew he did great on defense though. I just didn't know how he was going to do as a head for, coach. For the millions and millions listening at home, I just want to say Sean McVay is 35 now. He just had a birthday three days ago. Happy birthday, Sean. Great Come guy. on to the pod, Sean. You're welcome anytime. Great guy. All right, Andy, who do you want to do next? Um, let's cover some of the bad. Um, so I got, I'm debating between oh, who, which is ready. the worst. Uh the worst is the All guy right, who go just for got it. fired. Well, I want to say the worst last. Oh, oh, you brought a yeah, spoiler. Yeah, I wasn't nice. ready for that one. This go ahead, man. Cole. Take the floor. 
what was the word we and I'm I'm so sad that Mike's not here to talk with us because we talked Ravens and how they what they needed to do to fix the passing game. I thought they could do it. He didn't think they couldn't because they lost the GM. Well, this guy was the assistant head coach, wide receivers coach, pass game coordinator. He literally hired the dude in the NFL who was the worst at drawing pass plays. Like, <laughs> shit. I don't, I don't know what more you want me to say in this. Like, there, there you go. <laughs> he, he, he was the QB coach for Tyron Taylor for two seasons. I don't, I don't know what more you want. This is terrible. This is the worst hire this year. Oh, God. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can beat anything you just said. I just, it for me, it doesn't make sense. I, for first of all, Houston, what they've done from once the offseason hit with the whole general manager stuff, then with Deshaun Watson issue, like if you're Watson, do you just you're just trying to push harder to get out the door, right? Because you're a passing quarterback, and now they brought a guy in who doesn't know what a, a pass play looks like. He's out there probably just drawn in the sand and goes, you think this will work? I don't know. Let's run the ball. So, yeah, I, I'm oof, brutal. Andy, do you have any way to save this guy? Or I, absolutely don't, not, huh? I don't have any way to save him. He's been a wide receivers coach forever. He was a quarterback coach for the Bills in 17-18. Like, I don't, I don't know how this guy got a job as a head coach. Um but, I mean, that's the same for the other two guys, too, that we'll talk about later. But Harbaugh was backing him. He said he would be a tremendous hire for any team, maybe especially the Texans with Deshaun Watson. Uh, well, well, Harbaugh, that's where you lose credibility. This guy's a bum. This guy uh, won two years coaching. He's 65. He's been in the league for a while. So- I don't understand this at all. Right. I, there was, there's better options out there still, especially man by the name of uh, <laughs> you guessed it, Eric the Enemy. How is how is nobody hiring him? I just don't get it. I am lost on that on how he is not getting hired. And uh, Curly, Larry, and Mo I, are I mean, getting like, fucking hired he, in front of him. He must be somehow magically horrible at interviews. Like, <laughs> he must be the worst. Gates got hired. We're just like we're talking about these guys, and we're just like how. And then we have the great assistants. Like I don't understand. But, even if they say these suck at the interview, right? How do you not look at like, wow, Eric Benby? What good he's doing with the Chiefs? Nah, fuck that. He can't interview. Like what? No. Like look what he did. But but at this point, I am going to start a petition. To take the Texans and dump them into that that uh, no, fans oh. calling the play league that He's Johnny the- Manziel is going to be part of or whatever. They're a dumpster fire. They shouldn't even be the other NFL. Let's play with thirty-one teams or get a better team in there because this is just horrendous. It's a shit show. I, Deshaun Watson should leave for sure. If this doesn't, if I was Watson right now, I would have called and said, "Hey, trade me okay. now." Like I. I would have put on Twitter and say, hey, uh, thanks, Texans, for everything. <laughs> Andy, quick question. So we talked about how he was this guy that's just hired as a – drew up the passing place for the Ravens, right? And I know you're going to – does Lamar Jackson become a better thrower with the new person calling uh, – or having passing place next year? 
<laughs> okay, that's all. Can't get any worse. All right, I'm good. Okay. I just figured. I got. I mean, I, he, I he can get worse, but but I think that it, they're going to get weapons no, for I'm him like, that will be a lot better. But Texans are a dumpster fire. Deshaun's going to request the trade. No, JJ Watt's going to request the yeah, trade. Let's restructure some. Let's restructure some things, Green Bay. Let's restructure some things. No, he's, wanna, he's going he, to he, He'll want to come home to retire. Don't say come Steelers. back home Steelers to Wisconsin, JJ. No, let's, let's not. No, no. Come back home, JJ. You're from Wisconsin, born and raised. You probably grew up a Green Bay come Packer home. fan. Okay, come home. Come home. So, Pat. JJ, Pat you're welcome on the pod came, anytime, too. He ended up in Kansas City in 2017, correct? Yes. I feel really confident that. Yeah, he's sat here on our I believe so. I believe David so. You're behind was Alex Smith. the yep. assistant head coach for the Kansas City Chiefs through 2013 through 2016. Andy Reid decided that this guy wasn't good enough to be on his staff. When he got Patrick Mahomes, because this guy got downgraded to the Bills head coaching job from assistant head coach. And and let me tell you one thing. I If there's a guy that knows anything about offense or offensive-minded football, his name's Andy Reid. The, the big unit is I like hamburger we, Andy, we spent so cheeseburger much time Andy. This poor bastard. We got to move on. Yeah, it was good to laugh. <laughs> Let's rip on some more people. Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions, who who is going to apparently bring that Detroit mentality to the football field. They're going to be gritty. They're going to be mean. They're probably going to be, I don't know, stabbing people on the field the way it sounds, that they're going to bite kneecaps off of human beings. Did they hire Ed Gein as the head coach? I don't know. Who Dan Campbell? Just because he played tight end for a few years for your team, you're going to stay loyal to him. You hired one of the worst coaches in the league a couple years back. They Matt Patricia pencil in the ear, man. Now you hire. I'm going to bite your fucking knees off. What are you doing, Detroit? They're in the same boat as the Houston Texans. Get the hell okay. out of here. Let's go well, down to 30 teams. I think Dan Campbell might be able to change the terrible – the culture will be better than what with Patricia. That's not saying a whole lot. That's not saying a lot. The culture will be better. Even... This man won the Ed Block Courage Award in 2005. So if you doubt that he will actually bite somebody's knee off – to win a game and help his team, you are wrong. You're wrong. This man started two games as a senior in college, had seven receptions for 68 yards, one touchdown, and three special teams tackles. So I imagine special teams is going to be important to this guy. Hey, great job, Dan. Shout out to Dan. You are not welcome on the podcast, Dan Campbell. Bryce, you got any digs you can take at this guy? Okay, sorry, Andy. Just I didn't thought you were going to say something else after that. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it was that press conference. I tell you what, that was an interesting one about oh, biting kneecaps, get knocked down, biting that knee off, get knocked down, bite the other knee off, and then saying like they're going to be last standing. I agree. I think he will change the culture a bit. Now, how much better is it going to be than what it was under Patricia? I mean, he ain't going to win, obviously. It's a complete rebuild. You're 
Stafford, they're trying to move on, obviously trading him here. So that's good for Stafford's. Everyone's going to be happy for that guy. He finally gets the hell out of this place. And, I mean, hey, Andy's not wrong. Detroit Lions just want to go to the fans league or just be out. We'll drop down to 30. It just – no, it just – can honestly, though. This guy's 5-7 about- as a head coach, though. 5-7? Yeah, okay. I mean, that's, like, fairly respectable for a 12-game sample size, I guess. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm not saying I guess it, he's he was under Sean Payton's crew and stuff. I'm not maybe picked up some good stuff from Sean Payton. But how the hell did this guy get drafted in the third round? That dude doesn't he got seven passes as a senior. Please someone explain this to me. Dude, he, he's gotta be good at Hey, Andy. Andy he's a great blocker. There we go. We he interviews well. <laughs> no, uh, so the Lions are – dude, guys, the Lions organization, though, if you think about this real quick, honestly, their last good hire would have been Jim Caldwell, that they just magically let go after winning. And here we are with the guy like Andy always hit, the guy who doesn't did somehow lied on his application with the pencil in his ear, and now we got the guy biting kneecaps. So it's it's going to be interesting with this this Lions team. I mean, good for Dan Campbell if he could change it, but <laughs> – Dude got six years. I, I, He's there for forever. I can't, what what can, what what could have Dan Campbell? If that was his opener in the press conference, how did you hire this guy after an interview? I just don't get it. Did he did he come? And, and yes, there's going to be a culture shift. Yeah, these guys are going to hey, be acting Dave, like they're on the longest yard or something. I don't know. That's a fact. He he was. He was probably with Greg Williams when he had Bounty Gate. <laughs> he was probably the one that inspired it. He said, Greg, let's bite their kneecaps off. That'll work. Aaron, 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 and Rogers, protect your kneecaps, please. Oh, Andy, uh, can I make a request? Can we do um, Arthur Smith laughs? Can we do this Philadelphia Eagles guy first? It doesn't yeah, matter. I don't know who this guy is either. Apparently, okay. this guy is a yes man. This was a yes. No, that's a, that's all he is. That's all he is. The Philadelphia Eagles decided the GM apparently is power hungry. We've all heard it, and it's come out now that he wants to control this team, and he's burning it to the ground. Doug Peterson said, "Enough's enough, bro." And he wanted to find somebody that was going to be his yes man, like Jason Garrett down in yes, with the Dallas Cowboys when he was making Jerry Jones's coffee. Like this is what that guy is. He's a coffee man for the Philadelphia Eagles GM. He he's just a placeholder. He just has a head coaching position, but he is not the head coach. The GM is dual hatted as the GM and the head coach. I don't know why they just didn't put the GM as a a Bill O'Brien type role where he tried to do a GM and head coaching role. And let's not fake that you hired this. Ooh, you hired a nobody without a name. So you could control him. You couldn't hire anybody else and control them. You couldn't have hired a Robert Sala and controlled him. You couldn't have hired an Eric, the enemy and controlled him. You couldn't have hired a Staley and control. You just hired some guy that you could put on Campbell? a leash and no, walk Dan around. Dan Campbell bites the owner's kneecaps <laughs> off. They try to tell him what to do. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> Dan Campbell's ferocious. Yeah, that GM would have. Oh, he would have put that GM 
he would have threw him all the way to Buffalo through oh, a table. My. Yeah, this this hire, like I said, he's a yes man. I'm curious if the because we all know the GM wants all this power. He wants this and that, and obviously, uh, good old Dougie's gone now. But does this technically try to is is the GM like you know how he's pot hungry? He drafted uh, Hertz, but he brought a guy in from the Colts. Is he trying to like uh, make amends with yes. Wentz? Is that is that his goal? You know, you understand what I'm getting at? Like, is that where he's going? He's like, oh, we got a guy that's under Frank that you like from this and that. Maybe this will work. I want the power because he's. I don't know if he would trade Wentz because he's right. He said, "I'll." Wentz would just say, "I'll I, go see, to this, Frank." This, this is really interesting, guys. Frank. I think. With this hire, this coach, like we said, he's going to be yes, 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 sir. I'll do anything you want. And then it's going to be so interesting. This is can Carts and Wentz get along with this hire? And can, or is he going to finally want to get over out of this power maniac of a GM and hopefully end up on a different team? So it's it's interesting. Yeah, he's just a fall Definitely guy. He's a fall guy. Yeah. I, I, I hate to call his name's Nick something. I hate to call him Nick's, a bad hire yeah. just because, like, he got put. He's he's literally, in my opinion, in the he's the worst position possible because he doesn't even get to do his job. He's a fall guy. He'll be there for two years. Howie will hire another one, and then maybe Howie will go after that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I'll be the one to say it. This is an absolute f. This is an f. Just like Dan Campbell's an f. Just like. Texans, Texans. <laughs> whoever else is an F, they're all Fs. Fuck it. Texans is a fucking F minus. Apply for the class. <laughs> they they missed registration. Right. <laughs> should we should we jump on the last registration? One? All right, and Cole, do you want to open uh, with this I'll one, or do you want to you want to close so the door on? He was the tight ends offensive coordinator. Had relatively good success working with their offense, building a power run game with Derrick Henry and a play-action passing game over the top with Ryan Tannehill. He loves multiple tight ends, so expect the Falcons to go after a few of those boys to bring back in so they can run multiple tight ends. I think I feel really confident that they're going to draft a running back in the second round of this draft because they need an identity. They need a bell cow. It's not Todd Gurley. Maybe it could be ETN. Uh, there's a couple kids from North Carolina that I know are quote a little bit higher on people's boards. I think Najee Harris will be gone before then. He is in a weird spot where he has to balance competing now with trying to build a future. I think you're too good offensively to just say scrap it all. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, I would try and make my Falcons team relevant again, especially with two of very elite and a very good receiver. And then hopefully I can help my defense out with some pieces. So for me, Falcons drafting four, I would take either an offensive lineman or I would go with probably a corner and really try and make my defense better. But his system is I kind of what you know it, but we don't really because we haven't seen him without Derrick Henry yet. So it's a fine hire. I mean, I have it ranked as my fourth best hire, but like, shit, I don't know. Maybe it's good. I mean, I I think this could be a good hire for the Falcons. It, but it's, a lot of this is going to depend too is, you know, what the GM and everything else are on is what are you going to do with Matt Ryan? Like you said, 
do we, does because he's gonna want to wait with your uh, Arthur Smith, sorry, someone like Harris. I think you'll get Harris if it, he falls a second. You know, get your bell call or whatever the other back get the bell call to do that. I think he wants to bring that in. And if if they keep Matt Ryan and all, he's gonna be having the chance of success right away. If they put some things up on that defense, he's got the offensive talent, and it's it's interesting. I think at four, like I said, this is just like I said, early, early projections. But Mel Kiper had Zach Wilson from BYU going to the Falcons, so that's another interesting thing to think about that they could go quarterback early. What would and, you do, Bryce? Oh, because I've seen you play I, video games where you just sell everything and start over. So would that be you here? It, it, this is really tough for me if I was in the Falcon situation, I guess. So if I have said, you know, look, you, you have Julio Jones. I would love, I would love to compete now. I just, I do you have it up right now. It says how much uh cap hit would be to cut Matt Ryan right, though. It's, it's I don't big, know that on top of my head. Big, uh, if, if is, you can talk okay. a little bit, I can get it. No, that's fine. I mean, the, the biggest thing is, cause I don't know what Matt Ryan's, uh, what it was off the top of my head. And the thing is, if you could have got rid of Matt Ryan with, you know, taking minimum hit to the cap or it would be zero dollars or if you could just trade him and if you wanted to bite the bullet, bite the bullet. I think you keep him for the first, especially with Arthur Smith. I think it's a good thing to keep him if they get that because he's going to pound the ball with like how the kind of like how he did with Derek Henry. Like, look at Matt LaFleur. Packers hired him. He had two good years. I think Matt Ryan was just he tried, you know, he tried to play well, and he was just in the system where things just weren't working. Now you bring an offensive mind of Smith in. I think we could see Matt Ryan have a, a – I think he can have a kind of like a little resurgence. If I felt like he was down this year in my mind, and I think getting that run game actually – because when he had – never uh, Freeman, and Freeman ran the ball like when Freeman was actually good without being all banged up and hurt. Matt Ryan was one of the better quarterbacks in the league because you know, they ran the ball because he had Kyle Shannon. Ran the ball, ran the ball, play action, Julio Jones. Well, you got Kelvin Ridley and Julio Jones, Hunter Hayden, or not Hunter, not Hunter, Hunter Her, sorry. And I think those three weapons alone are be very beneficial to have in this offense, especially with play action. You say tight end, draft a couple, you can get some in or put some other guys who are uh, both the Titans' main tight ends. Both of them are up in free agency, so like it's a pretty easy landing spot. Yes, Smith and, and then the other guy. Right. Uh, the number you were looking for, if they're looking to move off of Matt Ryan before June first, it's going to be forty-four to forty-five million dollars that they're going to have in dead cap money. Yeah, not. Yeah, not. See, that's not worth it. So yeah, go ahead. Andy. So so yeah, the the. The Falcons definitely, and I was going to say this before uh, even I got the numbers, there should not move off of that, Ryan. This is a guy that did get to a Super Bowl. He is more than capable of doing so, especially with all the pieces they have surrounding him. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, um, Hurst, like Bryce uh, alluded to. And then you have his kid, Gage. Gage will show up out of nowhere. I... They just have a revolving door of wide receivers lately. I don't know what's going on, but they draft wide receivers like the Pittsburgh Steelers, except for the Falcons <laughs> receivers can actually catch. Um, so I think if you got a piece, like, I, and I love, if they were able to get Harris, I think that would really solidify this team. I think Harris is a hard runner. 
would fit the mentality of Arthur Smith very well. ETN, I don't particularly love, but he could fit. Harris would be the guy in this system. Um, but I think with our, I think I like Arthur Smith. I mean, I don't love him. I like him. Um, and I think the Falcons can be relatively successful with Matt Ryan under the gun. Uh, as we said, Matt Ryan under Shanahan got to a Super Bowl. As soon as Shanahan left, it was all downhill from there. And Dan Quinn's a defensive guy. I think he just needed an offensive mind in there. So, with that being said, usually statistics will tell you only two of these head coaches will actually work. If you had um, to pick two, I guess I'll go first. Who are your two? Uh, Brandon Staley won. Oh, shit. Um... It's either Urban Meyer or Sayla. For me, Staley's the obvious one because we've seen Herbert. I guess I would I would go Sayla. So it'd be Sayla and uh, Staley for me. I would do Staley for sure for the, from the Chargers. And then I'm tossed up on Urban Meyer and actually Arthur Smith because I think Arthur Smith um, with the Falcons keeping Matt Ryan adding that to be very interesting. But – I want to put a little faith in, and sorry, Andy, that was our two favorite, right? The two that will have success. Oh, it's success. Two sorry, favorite, I, yeah. I was thinking favorite. Oh, I apologize. Success, I would go Arthur Smith. I think I think Urban Meyer will have uh, under 500 season, like I think seven or nine in the first year just because they're young. First year. Success I think Arthur long Smith's term, like you're not getting fired during the league for a while. Oh, okay, okay. Long term, I'm. Uh, gee, that's a really good one. I'm going to stay with Staley. I'm going to, you know, I'll stick with Arthur Smith too. I just don't know. I would like to say Urban Meyer on that one, but with his health issues and everything, I just don't know how long he's going to stay as an NFL coach. If you know, with the health issues that we've seen that he pushed him away from college. Yeah, so, so I'm definitely on the the, you, the Brandon Staley train as well, just because it seems like a can't miss type spot. You have all the pieces there. Everything's there for you. You just got to get under there and uh, coach the kids up and do a better job than what Lynn did. And that—that uh, that is a playoff team for sure, without a question. I mean, they all their games they play close, even the games that they lost outside of one to the New England Patriots. Um, they played tough. They played well, and they were in that like one score most of the time. So Brandon Staley, I think, is going to have the most success. And then I'm with Cole on this. I'm going to toss up between Urban Meyer and Robert Sala. Oh, it's tough. I like Urban a lot. I think he builds cultures. But I'm with Cole on this. I'm going to have to lean towards Robert Sala just because I do like I love Urban. But at the same time, these are grown-ups. I don't know if the veterans are going to take as much shit as college kids and listen to uh, Urban as much as these college kids would. But Robert Sala seems like a very intelligent young head coach coming in and uh, all the players from San Francisco, the reports are saying that they love him. He's very energetic. They love him. So my two are the same as Cole's Robert Sala and Staley with urban Meyer, just trailing behind, just trailing behind. If he stays healthy, I think he can have success building that team long-term. Oh, nice, nice. Anything yeah. else you guys would like to say to the people before we uh, exit out here? Okay. I got one thing. <clears throat> I'm going to try to make a 
really super early prediction. I think the Falcons are the going to finish second place in NFC South next year. I think it, only on one condition, and that's Drew Brees retires. Well, what the hell kind of condition is that? Officially, officially yet. You and your fucking condition. Well, you don't get to go to Vegas and tell the man at the window that you're placing your bet with saying uh, Falcons second, NFC South, as long as Breeze retires. Breeze has to retire. And he's just covering all his bases. Now now he's out there. If the Falcons think second, he's like, I said that. But if Drew Breeze, if they don't and Drew Breeze played, even if it's just a game, he's like, yeah, I said that they wouldn't because Drew Brees played. My feet are nailed to the fucking okay, no. floor on this. I mean, floor. Drew Brees is amazing. I have it written down. Can I please? I, you know what? I'm you just know what? Here's thing. here's one better for right. you. I'll go even. I'll go even bolder. I'll know. go bolder. Make sure you write this one down. You sure? Drew Brees retires. Jameis Winston starts. For the Saints next year and beats the Falcons record wise in the NFC South. All right, Bryce, finish yours. No, I was, all I was saying was if Drew Brees is officially gone, I think the window's wide open for. The oh, Falcons he is gone. Did you hear what Drew said to Jameis on the sideline? He said, This is your team. It's your team now. Well, he said that. But I'm hey, hey. I'm just saying my one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. I've watched him retire a couple times and happen to come back and like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Drew's not, not Brett Favre. He's so, not a family man. He's not sending his dick all over the universe. He's not saying Devontae Smith should be drafted one overall. Legendary. Love you, Favre. You are Legendary. you're all welcome on the show anytime. Just. You did some questionable things in your life. I've done questionable things. We've all done questionable things. You're a little more questionable than mine, but it is what it is. (laughs) Great guy. But also, I just want to give you a little teaser, ladies and gentlemen. Join the den next week. Cole will wrap it up here in a bit, but the Chiefs are a three-point favorite. I do not have the over-under on me, but we will tell you what we think next week. First of all, thank you, Mike, for joining us today. Mr. Todrick, thank you. Look to have you on next time. And thank you to all for joining us three today. And I look forward to next time when you all step into the Den of Meverden.